podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond takes a handoff right to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Howdy, folks, and welcome back to Viva La Cats, the Cincinnati podcast representing the 1012 Network. I am your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my fantastically great friend here, Steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the Bearcats every single week through our live episodes, which you can find here, which you're listening to now, as well as our post-game spaces uh, for Saturday's games and as well as once we get into the basketball season. So check those out. Make sure you're following us on all your platforms and keep in tune. We're going to try to... Uh, add a little more content here coming up soon with basketball season. So with that said, we are on the precipice of basketball. I know you're probably all thinking, how are you not starting off with football? We're coming back to football. Our second sport basketball first, baby. <laughs> We're hey, going through it. Hey, We're going to start with basketball. Hold on. Let me, let me make this joke real quick and then we can go ahead and start. This isn't the first time a Satterfield has helped the Cincinnati basketball program. Hey, oh, singer, (laughs) that out to Hummer on that one. (laughs) Basketball, the pain basketball. Um, So not really anything crazy new here, but um, we just kind of wanted to talk about um, now that we've got some Ken Palm rankings, now that we've got some understanding of the Bearcats situation going forward. Um, I want to start off with this real quick. So the Bearcats played a scrimmage against Maryland. Unfortunately, they lost 74 to 70, but that was without the waiver bigs, which is a huge, huge, like push forward. Maryland is a consistent. I wouldn't necessarily say consistent, but Maryland is a top 30 top 25 ish team. And so to have a team that can compete with a team like that, even in a close scrimmage, we don't know what their situations are, but it looked like their good guys played. So to be able to compete with that without the two key guys moving forward, without the pieces that were so very missing from last year, I think it's good news. And I think that that's good news going forward. If for whatever reason, God forbid, they don't get approved, but we're going to knock on wood and we're going to hope that they do because if you wait until the, they can't wait until the week before the season to say no. Right, Steve. Well, so right? here's what I'm thinking, Justin, <laughs> they make the boys sit like some non-conference games and then they're, they do the Tez Walker thing and they're like, okay, all right, you can let, you can play now. Uh, <laughs> you know, so there is still some optimism on my side, Justin, from just the simple fact that both of these guys transferred away from a situation where there was a coaching change. And so I do think it's interesting. Now I'd want to go see on the timeline of where they entered and what time the, their coaches decided to also enter the transfer portal. Um, but I do think that there is some optimism to be had here by Cincinnati fans that maybe just maybe these waivers will get approved. Now, again, it's the NCAA, the cool thing that they're going to do. Um, they're never going to do it. So I, <laughs> I'm just very, that's, that's I probably believe like 10% that the waivers are, are going to go through, but with the Tez Walker case, if they just happen to make their case and they just sit him down for a couple non-conference games that hopefully you can win without them, then I am all fine with that. Well, and look at it this way. Um, this is an advertisement for us blasting this out for anyone who is a lawyer or knows a lawyer who's really good and works sports cases. It seems like it's working. If they want to sue your pants off because you're not letting somebody play and you're going to find all the legal loopholes, we're going to make it happen for these bigs. These guys are going to be Cincinnati Bearcats this season. They're going to be on the hard court. So I'm looking well, forward to that. I actually, we'll you, you you joke, but you know who did go to law school? There are two pretty influential guys who do probably talk a little bit every now and then. And their Sam names Martin, are... John Cause, and Zach Tobler? That's right. <laughs> That's right. 
How did no? <laughs> uh, it was. It's uh, actually John Cunningham did go to law school, and then obviously Brian Fox, lawyer, uh, Esquire. Oh, nice. I don't really think that's his title, but both of those two are lawyers. Uh, I don't know if I don't remember if John Cunningham took the bar. I have to re- go back and listen to that John Newman John Cunningham uh, uh, crossover episode. Oh but, yeah. So I, you know, there are two guys there that are probably studying up on everything, especially B Fox with all the nil goings on and john cunningham that's his job to understand what's going on so with those two legal backgrounds maybe the bearcats can make a case and i think that's like if the tez walker situation holds for everybody else then it's just going to be open season be like okay Mm -hmm. just sit for like a quarter of the season and then you'll be good because again knock on wood here but hopefully you don't really need those two guys for your non-conference schedule because the bearcats do kind of have not the greatest non-conference schedule. And that's okay. I'm completely fine with that. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. So speaking of non-conference schedules, um, I mentioned before Ken Palm, and for those of you who understand how networks, I'm not going to explain it. You can look it up yourselves, but we got a lot of quad one and quad two games. And to be specific, going through the back half of our season, there is nothing worse than a quad two game. There is not a single big 12 game that is not a quad two game. If the Ken Palm were to translate directly to net. So using that assumption, here's what I want to give you for some outliers here or outline here of the season. All big 12 road games are quad one for everybody as it currently stands. That's crazy. All big 12 home games are quad two at worst or quad one. Wow. Again, applies for the Bearcats here. And then for specifics on the Bearcats non-conference, you have outliers in uh, Xavier, who is a quad one game, because that'll be a road game. And Dayton will be quad two. They're ranked 69th. Nice at home. So you have those to look forward to. But as far as the rest of non-conference that Steve had mentioned, it's a little bit of a cakewalk. Hopefully it's going to be a cakewalk. Uh, you're averaging. I did the math on here. So trust my designer math. Uh, I it came out to a 3.69. Nice again. That was not even right. Re- I was not ready for that. A 3.69 average quadrant game in non-conference. And that includes everybody. Um, and, and so <clears throat> clearly you can see it's a bit farther back on the spectrum. There are a lot of quad four games there. But then once you get to the big 12 games, from January on all the way through the end of the regular season, we're averaging a 1.27 quadrant game. That is 13 total quadrant one games, which is nuts, nuts. Of course, some teams are going to win. Some teams are going to lose. Some of those quad two games might become quad one. I can imagine a handful of those quad one will probably become quad two. That's just how the season goes. But things are going to get tough really fast. But if you can put together a handful of wins in the Big 12, I don't see why you can't make this a conference you know, uh, a tournament team that can make a run. I don't see why you can't make this an NCAA tournament team that can get in. Like I it's at worst. If you, if you win like five games in the big 12, you're still a bubble team. And that's, I mean, I, quad one games. If you win five of those, if you win all your quad two in a quad one game, you might have an outside shot, but if you steal a couple of those quad one games, it's going to be huge. And so I think that that's a really nice perspective to have is because we've had so much weight on the past few seasons of you got to win like 24 games to make the tournament. You got to hit like 23 to be bubble 22 to hit the bubble, but you got to hit like 24. If you want to be in now, if you can get a little bit over 500, you're probably in. I mean, and that, that, that assumes that you clean up non-conference and that you can steal one, away from and we know as cincinnati fans that uh cleaning up at non-conference is uh we 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 will drop one or two here or there you know not i mean hey you gotta you gotta be in this stuff to know about it so and especially in the west miller tenure you know just i hate to be that guy but you know i i I was at one of those games the monmouth game oh yeah man so okay sorry bad (laughs) bad stuff Justin, something though I want to see is that if this raised level of competition is able to keep these guys from dropping some of those big leads we saw. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go out, come out here and say that 
we're going to be leading by 15 against anybody on the road and for a quad one big 12 game this year. But we saw it multiple times last year, Justin, where it seemed like, you know, they got up pretty big by double digits in a quad three, quad four road game, and they just could not put it away. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of wonder if, you know, this level of competition, while, you know, it's it may not be as good for the record, it might be better for to keep these guys interested in these games. And you oh, know, yeah. As a fan, you could say, well, they should be interested in all the games and win them all. Listen, you know what it's like to be in college. You know, I don't, some of you don't know what it's like to travel, you know, during the week. Justin and I do know what that's like, especially when you're going to some random town where there's nobody there. Let's get fucking juice to play in a high school gym against Tulane. Yeah. No Where you're playing that. on ESPN Plus and the broadcast <laughs> it looks like it's 8-bit basketball. like and It looks like NBA Jam. Or like, you're playing NKU on the road and the broadcast does not exist until halfway through the second half. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the alma mater for that one. Uh, technical school. Figure it out, you know. Um, so... Um, I, I do think though, Justin, this is a great opportunity for us to see where Wes is at in year three, because I I'll be honest, Justin, it was a little bit disappointing last year when they were not able to finish off some of those games and really get to the tournament, obviously pretty good NIT run for the boys, but man, like I think last year was a pretty good opportunity for UC to get to the big dance because we knew what the level of competition was going to be like in the big 12 this year. And I want to keep my expectations low. I don't want to be like football and just because I big 12 basketball is a completely different animal than big 12 football. It's that much better. And next year it's going to get even harder too. So I think I'm going to just try and take each game and each win as just a huge sign of what West Miller is doing. And, you know, if, if we do drop a couple games, do get blown out in a couple games, that's just going to happen. Especially when Bill self handpicks the refs, Hey, uh, <laughs> shout out to Alan Fieldhouse out there. But, you know, Justin, it's going to be an interesting ride this year, uh, especially when your first game is on the road at BYU. Like, again, why? <laughs> why? I mean, shout out to all you wonderful people in Provo. I'm going to have to come see you again. But, man, like, Big 12, does the Big 12 already hate us, Justin, year one? Honestly, with the scheduling, they definitely don't hate us because they tossed us up an absolute cakewalk of a Big 12 football schedule, and we are not (laughs) doing jack shit with it. But that's besides the point. Our last point here on basketball that I wanted to hit, Bearcats are picked 11th to finish, sorry, to finish 11th in the league this year by the media polls. Steve, just tell me, higher, lower? Or push. Um, I I I want to say higher, but I again that's that's raising the expectation. So why don't we just say push for right now? We'll be the lamest gamblers in Vegas. We don't even <laughs> place a bet on the on the over under. We just say yes, eleventh. And I I don't really think college basketball is big enough in the betting market, but I would really love to see what like an over under of wins would be for this team. Um, oh yeah, and like I'm not, I know like Ken Palm and some other metrics probably have it, but uh, you know metrics are different than the sports books. I mm-hmm. would like if there was, you know, because that's one of my favorite things, Justin. Every year is looking at the NBA over unders before the season starts and really oh, yeah. kind of trying to dive in and see see what you think. Man, college basketball over unders shows you where my uh, <laughs> where where I am in this whole journey here. But you know, I, I'd really be interested though to see what odds makers had put the Bearcats at this year. Well, speaking of over-unders, we're going to transition to the under. uh, And uh, the Bearcats are currently fighting to hit the under on their season projections. And it's not looking so good for football. Um, We we staved it off as long as we can, but we're here. Um, I'm going to open with this and we'll jump into Iowa state and then we'll pivot to another question that we had, but I asked this straight up today. How many more wins will the Bearcats have this season on the gridiron? Um, it was either five plus three or four, two or zero or one. And it looks like the consensus is two. 
although it is very split, but there are very few believers in five plus and congratulations. You have a brain um, and you have observed the season so far. I love the Bearcats to death, but five more wins is not happening. I would put money on it right now if somebody were going to give me odds, but Vegas would never give you that because that would be ridiculous. Um, and if you want to put your money on that, then go ahead. <clears throat> this weekend, I'm not going to lie. I was busy. I was on orchard duty. I was not paying attention to this game. I was simply watching the scoreboard. I was watching the sort of like play-by-play ESPN tracker, uh, but I didn't actually get to see the game. And I've been told by every single person that I've talked to that I saved myself agony, time, and despair. Um, the Bearcats so far this season and all their losses have proven that they can keep it close and it's one or two mistakes. This game, shit show, man. Absolutely got away from you against a whatever you want to consider Matt Campbell's Iowa state team to be a team that was expected to fall off the map after they lost some key players because they're throwing money on things. How do you let this game get away from you? How do you let a team beat you by more than 20 points? Well, so Justin, um, I did get a chance to watch this game and I will give some of my thoughts here, but man, um, you know, Chad Brendel, a former guest on this show. Um, some people may know him. Some people may not. It's actually a, we're recording on his birthday, so shout out to oh, him, actually. Happy birthday, Chad. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, I, I do think, you know, for someone who is in the building every day and someone who is who has access, like, say what you want, he knows what's going on. And, like, you know, he's not really one for criticism all that often. Mm -hmm. And, man, it was just weird to see him have this this tweet. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm scrolling, trying to find it um honesty uh, yeah yeah okay here we go <laughs> saturday afternoon 2 42 p.m game wasn't even over yet that was right before i started recording the spaces game was not over yet three game losing streak by week to get right sold out homecoming crowd flat uninspired pitiful pitiful performance anyway in every way you slice it i mean justin like i watched this game and he wasn't wrong like Bearcats come out, get the ball first. They miss a deep ball pretty early that could have set you up. And, mm -hmm. you know, they they were not able to defend uh, uh, Jaden Higgins all day. Uh, the man averaged like 29 yards a catch. Pretty good player. Uh, Rocco Beck for them, too. I know I did not give him much praise in our group over under but to start the season, but he played. he's played a lot better ever since that loss against Ohio. Um, and man, just the offense was not able to really capitalize on anything. And it's just kind of sad when we're getting to a point where we're running the Joe Flacco offense. And if you don't know the Joe Flacco offense, it's throw up a ball and hope they throw a pass interference flag. Because <laughs> like at some points, that's what it was. And then also, Justin, I'm not a quarterback coach, but I've watched like some football in my life just a little bit to know when throws are there and when throws are not. And it's just so frustrating to see throws not get made and either not on target behind dudes like two of the uh the both of the interceptions were throws that you know the second one was end of the half hail mary which whatever first one though you know you're going up against a good cornerback you can't really throw the ball behind your receiver and then the cornerback just made a great play shout out to him but man like it's just frustrating you know and uh we had uh, somebody ask on the spaces on saturday whether it's a good idea to just move on from Emory and start the kid, uh, start the kids behind him. And, you know, there was some talk in our group chats today, like maybe they're thinking, you know, if, if the, uh, if it gets bad enough, like Drogas should be starting the last two. The, the question I was asked Justin on Saturday on the spaces was about Lichtenberg, but man, Lichtenberg didn't even get like mentioned with when all the controversy was going on last year it was all Bryant and Prater and look at Ben Bryant right now. Ben Bryant is doing like not not terrible with what was supposed to be a terrible Northwestern team. Um, I In just the Big Ten too. Yeah, yeah, and it's just frustrating, you know. To like, I, I think <laughs> I did see a clip today from the Cincy Slanging guys about how uh, 
uh, Scott Satterfield is just digging himself into a hole in his press conference. And they asked uh, one of their friends who's a PR rep and like their, the PR rep gave tips to, for what, you know, he's supposed to be saying, which is just great. I really enjoyed that, but <laughs> man, like he's just kind of digging himself into a hole here. Um, now it's not, it, it's not his fault, you know? And like, I, I'll say this, Justin, it's not his fault, and I need to do some more research before I just come on the show and spout takes, but I, I can feel pretty confident in saying, like, you know, just think about this. Even when the Bearcats went to the college football playoff in 2021, they still had a team composite talent ranking in the 50s, which meant that they just had to play up to uh, play mm-hmm. above their ranking for two games that year, and they could pretty much be better than everybody else in that league. Yeah, And I understand that the talent is just not there. But, man, the one part, though, that is not on talent, like, you know, coaching, effort. I Like, our guy Frank texted me on Saturday, Justin. He's like, these guys are not Bearcats. They are transfers. They are guys just wearing the jersey. And I don't think he's wrong. Like, you know, guys who have been in this program four to five years, they would have taken more pride in not giving up the bell, for example. Sorry, I know yeah. I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but here we are. Again. <laughs> it's getting real bad. It's spooky season. For Put UC. money in the jar, Steve. We're going to start yeah. a Miami jar. It, Miami jar donates to Cincy Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we're bottom five in the entire uh, uh, D, entire FBS in both red zone efficiency and uh, I think it's like defensive back play. I forget what the the other the defensive stat was, but. Uh, it's rough, and our coaching staff is not does not really seem to be doing much to try and change things. It's like so, Justin, because I did watch this game. I saw and like I credit to Iowa State; they do have a pretty good defense. Oklahoma is just Oklahoma, you know. We shouldn't have taken too much from that game, but I asked like, where is the stretch run, like the outside run? I saw them run it on like a second down, and it just got blown up, zero yards, <laughs> no chance, and. It's just frustrating, man. It's just a frustrating year. And I can't, I'm, I, I, Justin, I want to read off some of the tweets, responses real quick that we got to the post you made today. Yeah. On uh, the site formerly known as Twitter uh, (laughs) of, you know, you were asking people for upside. And I think it's fair because there's a lot of reasons for downside right now. Yeah. We got, um, we got a, impressive amount more than we usually do so i'm glad thank you for all participating we're going to read all of them and i'm just going to run through the list really fast um in no particular order give us a one-liner of upside on the bearcats football season so far shaman mateer fair i like that that's we'll take it uh more wins than xavier football fair here we go uh the big 12 hasn't been as daunting as i originally thought it's the inefficient play of the Bearcats that's held them back. Um, I don't really think that's upside, Ben, but thank you for participating. <laughs> uh, this is good and Byron threats, and it's a picture of Cincy Light. So, yes, I agree. Thank you, Dorothy. Uh, Ross, the defense is really good on first down. That they are. Uh, Kyle, players are at least still putting on their backs. <laughs> that is happening, yes. Um by the way, anyone who says <laughs> anyone who believes in a 75 uh, follower Twitter account, that's probably just a Xavier fan burner saying that the whole team's going to quit. No, just th- yeah. that's a common <laughs> uh, copy pasta meme right now in college football is that, oh, the whole team's going to enter the transfer portal after this week, dude. Everybody's yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only time it happened was uh, last year when there was a coaching change at UC. So True. other than that, it's not really going to happen. Continue, Justin. Sorry. Uh, from our friend James Sanford, uh, Braden Smith making insane catches has been fun. Jack Dingle has played well. Mateer has established himself, and the running back room has been mostly good. He said one-liner, but there have also been a lot of flashes. This is true. I do believe that there have been a lot of flashes. We just need to put all those flashes inside the pan and let the pot boil. Uh, that'd be great, but it's not happening right now. Ross, we are saving Corey Kiner for next year. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. Uh, Matt Nelson, they're in the Big 12 now. And uh, he used the gif of Randy saying, I guess that's all. Uh, and yeah, we are in the Big 12 and we get to play the harder competition. So 
Here are the fruits of our labor. Uh, the captain uniforms are on point. Love all the combinations we've used so far. I do agree with that. Um, I think they have been pretty nice. Uh, it's a good transition, cleaner, uh, simpler, but still looks good in the Nike check. The traffic leaving games hasn't been as bad. <laughs> uh, that's Ouch. unfortunate. That's a that's uh, a very specific Clifton reference because if you've ever tried to leave Clifton when it's just absolutely crazy, even for basketball games, uh, it's it's taken a while. So, yeah. uh, I mean, hey, you know, we're trying to take positives here. Um, Donato's is back in Nippert from my mother. <laughs> She's very happy about that. Uh, from our friend Eric Gonzalez, Evan Prater is an amazing athlete and receiver. I think he could be really good if he develops his hands. And got to agree. I mean, I think that that is very true. I think Evan's got the material pieces there to just put it all together. I, I think every time we've seen him catch a ball, every time we've seen him play, he's been solid. And so I hope they continue to utilize him and, you know, increase his usage. He's still got some time too. Uh, sports talk, Paul, if wide receiver play improves to an average or two average, we're four and two. We may have a bottom 20 wide receiver room in FBS. Um, I don't know how I feel about that, but there are a lot of drops. And let's just say the wide receiver room and all of that, the whole offense started off much hotter than, than they are now. Um, and let's just all, if you erase the EKU brain from your game or the EKU game from your brain, I don't really think that there's much debate about how the Bearcats have performed this year. Um, that has skewed a lot of people's opinions and hopefully it's far out of your head. Now um, last few here, the Bearcats have held their own on multiple occasions. Yes, they have. Uh, they have also failed to do that. Uh, Jack, <laughs> Mick, Jack, we can still take out UCF. I love that. I love that. The belief is still there. Um, our, Good friend of me, Dolly, put up a fantastic photo. I was waiting to use it. He beat me to the punch. I was so glad that somebody else put it up. The Battle of the Mid. And yes, baby, it is so happening. This is going to be the absolute most gutty, rock fight, gross game that you've ever seen. And it's going to be happening in Nippert Stadium on November 4th. And I'm very excited for it. Bangle Kyle, at least we no longer have the burden of expectations. <laughs> that is true. Wow. We are, man. <laughs> That guy Whoa, has reached apathy. I feel deep. bad for you. Wow. Um, the win at Pitt. It looks better now that they beat Louisville. Uh, so kudos to them and their new quarterback uh, as well. Uh, Tanner, next year can't be much worse. Wouldn't count on that, buddy. Sean Himmler. <laughs> the season is getting closer to ending than it was a week ago. Wow. Oh, these are getting fun. Um, interestingly enough, his... At is Bearcat Daddy one two three, and he has a picture of Sean Miller, so he's definitely a Xavier fan. Uh, yes. Ryan Jacobs, Emery be gone soon. Well, well, I have no words for that. Uh, Mark Hale, I have not heard any players openly talking shit about the coach yet, so that's a good thing. Um, buddy, there's did you been read some Twitter tweeting. Today? <laughs> there's been some subtweeting. That's fair enough. Uh, and the last one from Bearcat Rick 80. This is a rebuilding process and it takes time. Remember Fickle's first year. That is a fantastic way to round us off. I am going to actually use one more because <laughs> this one was funny. It was deleted and I won't call him out because I thought it was funny. It was like the first comment. This season's halfway over. <laughs> It's so sad. I'm really, it's, it, it's tough because we had so much hype going into this year. There were so many just like, yeah, big 12 is going to be super exciting and fun. And as many people who are new to the big 12 will have already told you, and you're finding very quickly, um, it's not as fun losing as it is winning. And that is just simply put, there really isn't another way to spin that. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for contributing to our mailbag this week. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I mean, you've mentioned a few things. I, I think this is the biggest thing here now, um, from the press conference today. I didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing, but, um, at the end when Dante was giving his note, he did mention he wants the fans to stay. 
and he doesn't want them to be leaving and he wants them to pack out the nip. And that's sad. That's just sad. Especially we've reached for this point. Our, our favorite son to have to come out and feel like he needs to say that, man, that's just, I don't know. That stinks. Like, you know, people were giving their excuses for, and people were mad at the student section, but you can just, you, when the students are leaving early, like it's unfortunately a sign that things are changing for the worse. And that's, that's not great. Like I know I, but I was also a student once too. I actually never went to a football game as a student, but um, fun fact, but <laughs> you know, I, I understand like I, I was right above the student section for most of those games. I, I knew when they were leaving early and you know, like, unfortunately when you're 18, 19, 20, 21, there's sometimes better things to do than watch the second half of, of a football game. Uh, so especially in the rain. So yeah, I, not, let it not be me to cast aspersions, but I just I, I feel for the players, man. I, it's just tough. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't know if it's going to improve. Um, I think if you start putting some W's on the board, you might see that bounce back around. But at this point, all we can now, do is I hope. do think it will be raucous for the UCF game, no matter what. Time. Oh, yeah. I think that is a real rivalry. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to have the Sons of UCF guys on. Um Interesting times down there too. So you know, oh yeah, it's a that that one should be fun. Look at us, look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have together thought? again? Back together again at the absolute bottom of the fucking board. Um, here's our last thing on football, and we're gonna give you the Bearcat Sports wrap up, and then we're gonna bring in a friend from Baylor, which we will get to later. We're getting the truckers out, and we're picking up back on the truck stop. Oh, trail, we're getting baby. back on the trail, uh-uh. baby. <laughs> Sammy Anderson, this is our last point on football here. Um, between this and the Deshaun Pace suspension, uh, I don't know. I don't like this look because you have him saying one thing, you have Satterfield saying another. It comes back to the medical staff. He's saying he's not injured, he's not hurt, he hasn't been hurt, which I think is a huge thing to mention too, because it's one thing when you're saying like, okay, there's an injury and you know about it, and then it's not progressing in the way that we thought. It's, we don't know what it is, and they won't tell us. And Anderson is saying that he's not injured. So as a fan, Scott Satterfield, football staff, what else do you want us to think other than this guy's being held out? Like, I don't know what else to think about this. It reeks of the Deshaun Pace system or Deshaun Pace situation. It reeks of the Cumberland situation. If you all remember that, it feels very similar to this where it's a power move. Yep. And like, I was going to mention Mick, uh, that this is a very Mick move, but I don't think Mick ever held out a guy for an entire season, like maybe one game, but like, you know, I know we're all shitting on fickle this season. And, uh, if you saw rightfully like, what so. they did, what they did against Iowa now credit to Iowa's defense, they're good, <laughs> but Man, losing that game to Iowa, that's a very fickle thing to do. Anyway, now, you know, maybe it's just one year sample, completely different, but Deshaun Pace probably didn't change who he is within one calendar offseason, you know? Like, I feel like it is a thing, too, of maybe Satterfield trying to set, set the tone, you know, for whenever he gets his guys in, but maybe, you know, if you just, like, like... I, I feel like we never heard about any of this stuff with fickle, you know, there was no suspensions. Like there was no, like it was a little bit more in-house. And I feel like when you give the, the players, the power of that agency, you know, and like it's 2023, they could talk to anybody, say anything to anybody. Like, I don't know if Sammy Anderson's getting an NIL deal or anything, but like, you know, it's just, it's just not a good look when you're doing this secrecy thing and team rules thing. And I understand, you know, like, I, I get it. New guy, new boss, trying to set the tone, but it just does not look good when the old guy who was way more successful than you looks like, you know, th- they, there were never any of these, like we never heard about this and, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not, but like, you know, people were shitting on the team thing, obviously, but I don't know. It's just, it's just weird to me, Justin, that like oh Deshaun Pace completely and I did we did hear about what happened like that's probably worth what uh, his punishment 
it just all reeks of a power grab and you know just trying to tell the guys on the old roster that hey there's a new sheriff in town and yep. y'all better shape up or and I'm just like dude we went to the college football playoff without you like get get out of here i i, yeah. I again like i don't want to be that guy who's completely out i'm going to support our coach support our team but man like acting like you're better than these and like you're going to be able to you know, say that you're better than the these players who helped build that that program and that team a couple of years ago, and, and who are still here. Like, I just don't think that's gonna go well for you, Chief. Like, yeah. I, like, what's what's the meme there, Justin? Like, uh, I, I I don't know. How's that working out for you, Chief? Or what, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I gotta look it up. But yeah, I think as as my final point on this again, like somebody I don't remember who it was. Somebody randomly threw out like earlier. Uh, in my response to this whole situation, uh, smells like John Brannon. And I hate, 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 hate those words. I hate the thought of it. Um, and we're not going to put Satterfield anywhere close to that bucket because there's a lot of stuff to still figure out about. Can we play the comparison game real quick? Let's play the comparison game real quick. (laughs) A coach that was hired from the state of Kentucky comes in, tries to bring in his new system. It doesn't work. And then he gets fired in two years. How about that? I'm not I'm that's obviously not happened to Scott Satterfield just yet, but I don't know. Dark times around Bearcat uh, football right now, folks. Why don't we go ahead and look ahead around the rest of Varsity Village and try to find some more positive news. Justin, positive. do you mind if I go ahead and wrap up Bearcat Sports? You can after I make this one note. I would just like to let you all know that our good friends over at Charlie Hustle are proudly sponsoring this episode, and we are proud to be partnered with them. Make sure to check out their site at www.charliehustle.com to find all the latest Big 12 team gear, as well as plenty of other schools. They have some great apparel. Christmas shopping is coming up. There is also some other shopping for you to do for your own closet. And I'm sure you can find something, even if it isn't Cincinnati, which we're still working on. But hopefully that will happen soon. So again, make sure to check out their website. They've got some warm, comfy stuff. Fall weather, crispy air is in the house so make sure to go over there and find something to keep you warm all winter long as basketball season comes up without further ado the snack wrap also burger king baby i'm telling y'all if you liked the mcdonald's snack wrap they brought that shit back and it is just as good it might even be better props to you burger king thank you for doing what mcdonald's was too scared to do Steve Burger King sponsor the pod sponsor the pod Burger King um Justin actually the Bearcat sports wrap-up has a sponsor this week it is sponsored by the 1012 podcast network patreon feed patreon.com slash 1012 network go support the show go support us give us your time (laughs) give us your money (laughs) okay all right Justin said it not me let's go ahead Bearcat sports wrap-up starting right now Soccer, they drew at Baylor Thursday and lost to UCF at home on Sunday. One more regular season game at West Virginia this upcoming Monday. Volleyball lost to Baylor Thursday and Friday, and they will be visiting West Virginia this upcoming Thursday and Friday. Men's golf, they finished fifth at the Quail Valley Invitational at FIU to complete the fall season. Women's golf, they finished sixth at the Pam Bradley Invitational. They have one more meet this fall. Tennis, they are going to the Ohio Valley Regional Championships this weekend. Good luck cross country they placed three in the top 15 this past weekend at the bradley pink classic swim and dive the women won at northwestern in their first meet of the season and both teams are swimming up at kenyon college this weekend baseball look what those baseball bearcats did baby beat up on them xavier musketeers 24 to 3 go back to norwood down if i've ever seen one break it up Uh, we're always going to beat them in baseball i don't even don't even bring up records to me and hockey, they will play a home and go home and a home and home against Ohio State this weekend. So shout out to everybody in Bearcat Land. Let's keep winning for the Big 12 Bearcats. Let's go, baby. Support Let's the Cats, go. support all the sports. We love them just the same. They're all if they're wearing red and black, they're good by me. Thank you all for listening this week. It's been a pleasure. And now we will proudly swing you over to our interview with the Bear Den pod of our good friends over the 1012 Network. Viva. Like us. Oh my Holy God. Shit. They're Holy beautiful. Shit. I could have a tear in my eye. 
This is amazing. All right. For those of you who are not on track, we went to a break. The Bearcats basketball unis drop in holy shit, brother. Those things are fire. This is beautiful. I mean, they nailed it. They could not have possibly done it better. They These they really did, man. So I love good. the red. Like it looks exactly just like a modern version of the old oh. like, Jordan uniforms. And with the Jordan on the chest this time, too. Oh my God, it's beautiful. It is perfect. They nailed it. They nailed it. They nailed it. They know what they're doing. I am hyped as hell. We started off with basketball, and that is the way to go because I mean, nothing. That's an undefeated jersey right there. No losses in that jersey are happening. We are no. running the table in the Big 12 now. None. Not one. Not one. Not one. I am so hyped on that. I am buying one of those the second that they come on sale. I am putting that up on my wall. I'll buy one for my closet. I'm going to buy all three colors. Make it happen. That shit is gorgeous. You know what, Justin? I think I need to do this. Yep. Goodbye. We're done with Under Armour. Get out of here. Get, Get out of here. Get out of here. We're done. Take it off. Cover it up. <laughs> Let's go. That was those are beautiful, Justin. And even better without the red, like a uh, little oh inches. yeah. So uh, oh, let's yeah. go ahead and bring on Matt here. Um, we're excited. We got the energy. And uh, I'm excited. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Uh, now that we're after a break, we have our interview here with the Bear Den with Matt Workman of the Bear Den. Um, again, this is a first ever meeting for the Bearcats in football this week, playing Baylor is going to be really interesting. Both programs are not really playing up to expectations so far, but Matt, go ahead and uh, give us some of your ads, some of your usernames, some of your socials so people can find you and follow you and uh, give us a little bit about yourself as well. Okay. Um, yeah. You can follow the podcast at the Baird in pod on Twitter. I'll forever call it Twitter. And <laughs> same me, uh, you can find me personally. It's, at Matt underscore Workman. I do have a co-host, Joe, who has a two-year-old son. He's dealing with parenting, so he <laughs> couldn't make it tonight. But uh, you can find him at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. He also writes for um, ourdailybears.com. It's a Baylor-centric website. And uh, we have our own, you know, we can find us at the, the bearedinpod.com. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, why don't we just dive into it? Like it. we said, um, both teams, football-wise, gridiron is not up to expectation. It's not what anybody was really uh, thinking was where we were going to be going into, I guess, week seven now. Um, and so I think my first question for you would be the Dave Aranda thing. Like, mm -hmm. is this is there some juice behind this, like, can talk, or is it just kind of noise the, the the feeling i get is from the from the athletic department or athletic director is that they would probably not they'd probably give him another year and make other changes to the staff but i mean my personal take is it's year four even if you take away the covid year it's year three and you're seeing what looks to be regression on both sides of the ball. And he's already fired his first two coordinators. I, I don't know if you'd really get an option to fire a third coordinator. Yep. But that's, that's my take. I, the, the vibe is they would probably let him fire another coordinator if, and it looks like everything he said in the media, they'll, they'll sacrifice the offensive coordinator. <laughs> well, apparently the offensive coordinator figured it out at the end of that UCF game because that was very interesting. Um, yeah. And I'm just wondering, like, from your perspective, I want to know what the roller coaster was like watching that game. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a lot of people, yeah. Baylor fans, that probably turned that off after, mm -hmm. like, halfway through the third quarter. And yeah. I'm really curious what watching that game was like. So the first, I want to say nine minutes it was 21 to nothing like nine like not game minutes <laughs> like actual minutes it was 21 to nothing like real quick and yeah i was texting a lot of friends and they're like i'm not watching this like they're done <laughs> i knew people that were at the game and i couldn't even imagine what they were going through because they traveled to orlando from texas to go to this game um me personally you know i was i was already kind of out 
I was already to the point of like, we probably need to make a change. It's after the Texas game, it was like, we, this isn't what we thought we were going to get into. But then, you know, the comeback. I mean, really, and that that's the whole game is normally like, this sucks. Because it was 35 to 10 at the end of the third quarter. And then you have this amazing fourth quarter. And a lot of people got kind of like, oh, yeah, this is what we could be. This is I'm back in. Even Joe said, like, they got me back in. We're going to a bowl game. And I was like, (laughs) I was more of the like, we could still go three and nine. I mean, let's (laughs) uh, I I came with that saying, like, UCS defense is horrible. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's my takeaway. But uh, but yeah, so it was a roller coaster and it was exciting, but the comeback was exciting. But then um, you kind of settle into realization that I don't maybe both these teams just weren't very good. Yeah. And and I think that this is kind of where we look at our season now too. you know, kind of alongside Baylor's like, you know, you're you're going into this game both teams, it feels like you're probably in the situation of this is a must win. I think the script is maybe a little bit different between the two. Baylor, I would mm-hmm. imagine, is probably looking at this game as you need to write the ship now. And yeah. Cincinnati is like, you need to prove that you can even play in the Big 12 because so far you have dropped an absolute goose egg in every single game. And and also, you know, our closest you know bet here was with uh, a newbie in BYU. And again, we just got absolutely bounced by Iowa at ho- Iowa state at home, which is completely unexpected. So we're looking for that turnaround, but we're also looking for like, can we just do something? Can we actually put enough together? But again, we've just been riddled by the transfer portal. It's so much turnover. It's a new coach, new system, all this new, it's really hard yeah. to kind of put things together. So I'm curious for like the Baylor perspective, when you look at that as like, you're looking at all these new teams coming in here, you're looking at where Baylor has been, you know, recently and what their expectations are. I'm, I'm curious what you think their expectations are going forward with the new big 12 and the addition of Colorado back in the big 12, um, Utah, Arizona and Arizona state. Yeah. You have to write the ship because you can't fall too far behind because you see what Colorado's got going on mm-hmm. like regardless how, how they end up like they may only be five or six win team but the excitement and the media you've seen the media attention that Dion's gonna get yeah <laughs> so and then you don't want to fall behind that far because with this new big 16 team big 12 you can easily fall to the back of the pack and in this day and age with like transfer portal NIO and everything going on, that could be just a, a death nail for a program that'll be hard to recover from. Um, and also just talking about the, this year, the new ones coming in for Baylor, like so far, like the new team, Cincinnati and all the new guys, they haven't beat a like incumbent big 12 team. Correct. Yeah. And you don't want to be the first one. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, no one wants to be, but, it's just, especially like I didn't think Iowa State was very good, and I picked. I think when we did our picks, we I picked Cincinnati to beat Iowa State, mm. um, because I wasn't very high on Iowa State. And then you see the outcome of that game, and then you're like, Baylor better not lose this game. They cannot <laughs> lose this game. Yeah, well, and you look at you look at uh, BYU in a similar situation too, where they're like, okay, well, maybe we can do something with this here, and yeah. then they pay, play TCU and. It's just the week of, hey, we're going to show the new kids on the block what's up and we're going to beat the shit out of them. (laughs) And and so unfortunately, uh, fortunately for UCF, they dodged that week uh, altogether for them. Uh, They won the bye there. But I am curious, too, now that you, you kind of get a gauge of where all these teams end up, you're sitting at two and four, very similar to Cincinnati. You've got. Cincinnati, Iowa State, Houston, Kansas State, TCU, West Virginia left on the schedule. You have three very winnable games with Cincinnati, Iowa State, and Houston, as much as it pains me to say Cincinnati is a very winnable game it is. Uh, And then Kansas State, TCU, both on the road, and then finishing off with West Virginia at home. Where do you see Baylor in the final stretch of those six games? I think if if Dave Miranda does want to like stick around, 
he has you have to win all the like Texas Tech to me was like a must win, and we completely like didn't show up. If Baylor can put together a whole game like that fourth quarter at UCF, they can beat probably anybody left on their schedule. The problem is that's that's the only time that's happened is that one quarter, mm-hmm. and so if, if judging by what has gone on the in all season, it's been the same thing. You come out flat. There's no juice. There's no enthusiasm from the team and one side of the ball is not up to the task whether it's offense or defense it alternates back and forth um i mean pretty much every all those games that you mentioned everyone going forward is a must win like like this game is a must win for baylor absolutely you have to beat cincinnati then you roll over to iowa state you absolutely have to beat iowa state too because if you want to show any progress going forward i mean i'm not even talking about like bowl eligibility that's that's a far flung thought <laughs> right now it's like can we get the five wins yeah can we get can we get three more wins and show like some type of progress like to me it's like you have to beat cincinnati iowa state and houston yeah probably west virginia too but i mean those three definitely um and so like i'm like i'm just assuming right now like the good teams like Baylor's so far from Kansas State or even TCU who's having kind of a dip that uh I'm not even entertaining like those thoughts. Now definitely yeah. as as a Baylor guy, I would definitely trade I would lose to Cincinnati to beat TCU, absolutely. Yeah, I would sure. sacrifice Cincinnati <laughs> for TCU, but I don't see that happening. And but I'm kind of more on the pessimistic side of the of the fan base. So Hey, that's fair. I mean I don't know. We're, we're unfortunately, I, I feel like we're fairly neutral. we start very heavily optimist and then we let everything kind of ride us down into the ravine yeah. eventually. But uh, we're still trying to find some uh, positive yeah. things here. Uh, so we've talked a lot about football so far before we pivot to my big question here on basketball. I'm curious, like what is like one thing about Baylor that like a Cincinnati fan has to know about Baylor that we might not already know, which we really don't know much other than, you know, the very few foundational things about Baylor. Baylor as a whole. Um, yeah. Okay. So the biggest thing you should know that we were chartered by the Republic of Texas. So we are became a university when Texas was its own country. So that's a big thing. Um, that's probably the big, biggest thing to me That's cool. <laughs> as a tech, as a native Texan. So um, Baylor is a football team. I would say it's, we've had three different head coaches go to a conference championship. Two of them have won the conference championship. It's a good job. If you can get all the pieces together. And that's why I'd be optimistic if they were decided to make a change just because of the location being centrally located in a talent rich state. If you get the right guy, as Dave Aranda showed, with the right talent, you can you can win a Big Twelve championship. Um, so, in the pecking order of jobs, I think Baylor's probably pretty high in the, in the Big Twelve, even with the all the new people coming in, just based on history and location. Okay, that's cool. I like that note. So, I've actually been I've been on a this is a personal note, but I've been on a little bit of a Western kick lately, and I've been learning a lot about sort of the inception of Texas. And I think that that is a very interesting side when, you know, you're talking wild West Texas and you've yeah. got Baylor as a yeah. foundational 18, piece of that. 1845, 1845. That's pretty cool. We, uh, Cincinnati actually, uh, started 1819. So we just hit our bicentennial uh, a few years ago here, but that's cool. I, that's, that is a fact I did not know. So thank you for teaching me that. Um, so basketball wanted to pivot over here to the hard court. Baylor's seen some very, very high highs as of recent. Um, and fun fact for you, actually. So one of my uh, friends from college is the brother of Maceo Teague. Uh, oh. So that was my team. I was cheering for them on oh. the side the whole year because I was like, of course, my Bearcats are always going to be first. But I just like, I want to see somebody do something. And it was cool. And that was the first time since like 2014 or 15, whatever the year was that UNC uh, one of the years that UNC won the championship, I picked the national championship, right? And that was just because yeah. it was on a personal hunch, but that's cool. 
I, yeah. I don't know. Baylor basketball has been interesting. I've watched a few of their games over the past few years, and I think they're a very quality team. And so I guess I'm curious for Baylor, your expectations this year. Uh, I, you guys are not considering the thought of missing the tournament as Cincinnati has unfortunately become accustomed to over the past few years. Uh, we want to get back there. We've been missing that a lot, but what is the expectation for Baylor basketball this year? And where do you think they have to be at the end of the season for fans to be satisfied? I mean, like you said, we had very high highs. And with that, I think it's kind of shifted expectation. It used to be like in the early years of Scott Drew is like, can you make a tournament? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was like, can we make a tournament? Can we get a bid? Uh, and it's completely shifted. Like we expect to make a tournament bid. It's like, Right now, expectation, and it should be every year, is like, let's go win the conference. Let's get an auto bid. Let's be a number one seed, as we we were in, in 21, close to it last year, we got a three seed. And so that, I think that's the expectation, is getting the tournament, be a high seed in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're in, like like you said with history of Cincinnati, once you're in the tournament, you, know, you never know what could happen once you True. go through that. So, yeah, that's the expectation. Even this year, we have a lot of new faces, young guys. They're young, but I think this is this may be a more talented roster than last year's, even with County George and those guys that were um they're on that team. Okay. Yeah, and that's I, I think that seems pretty up to part two. Like uh, what I saw is like Baylor's so Baylor's starting off the season ranked, correct? Yeah, they're so, the middle middle, I think the middle of the top twenty-five somewhere. Yeah, and and I think Ken Palm actually has them in the top ten as well, too which I do find interesting. It'll be really, I'm curious to see how this all shakes out. Um, do you, what by chance is the tournament that you guys are playing in this year? I would assume you're playing in one. Oh yeah. We are. I will say this. Like, I think we're doing the, the one in Florida. Maybe mm. I have to look up. Let me see. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Okay. Because we have a lot of great games at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Like I know we have a game against Duke. We play Michigan state. Yeah. So like it's, it's a really intense like preseason or non-conference season, I guess. So, so yeah, so we were picked fourth in the, the preseason big 12 poll. Um, so we're right there at the top of the conference, but yeah, so I'm going to pull up the schedule real quick so we can see what tournament they're playing in. So yeah, just so we play in the Barclay. Okay, so no, we're playing NIT season tip off. Oh, okay. So it's it's we're playing either Pitt or Florida in that. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like we open up with Auburn. Okay. That's not a that's not a slouch either. Yeah, I play Oregon State, Pitt or Florida, mm-hmm. Michigan State, and Duke. Wow. Yeah. That's a, see, that's a much more interesting start than we have. We play, uh, like I think every single game until we play Xavier is a quad three or four game. So, um, as it currently stands, but yeah, I mean, I'd be really curious again to see how Baylor performs in the beginning of this year, because I think that does give a lot of, um, you know, it it gives you quick tells as to how that back half might go. Um, and that's the craziest thing about this man. Like I'm really curious too. I've already kind of asked you the question about Baylor football, um, looking to the new big 12, but now that you've got the new big 12, including Arizona, including Arizona state and Utah and Colorado, you've got a few more teams in there. You have a few more additions in the new four as well this year that might make your schedule a little bit harder, but yeah. you also have some ones that might make, a little bit easier of a time too, where you might not necessarily have the dominant basketball powerhouses that you're used to um, every single week, but I don't necessarily think they water down the conference because of the additions, because of the tradition and history that you get from a lot of the programs like Houston, like Cincinnati, like Arizona. And so I'm curious if you're looking forward over the next few years, do you think Baylor can keep pace? And do you think that they stay up in that top, like four yeah. with the new 16 that's going to be here, or do you think they slip? No, I think what helps is having Scott Drew, who's 20 years into his tenure, 20 yeah. plus. <laughs> so like his program is established. 
his recruiting mm-hmm. is established. So I I really don't have any fear of of slipping out of the top of the conference somewhere in there. Yeah. Um. But and I think talking about what you were speaking on, it's going to be very interesting because you're bringing in, like you said, Arizona, Houston, Cincinnati's steeped in tradition in basketball, and so having those teams. It's just going to make the conference strong. Even BYU's had some runs um, mm-hmm. here recently where they make the tournament and had some good games, had some good teams. Um, I think it's going to – I mean, like what Brett Yarmark has said and what everyone thinks is like Baylor is to basketball what like SEC is to football. Like it's going to be the premier conference in basketball. And going back to the football at Baylor, pretty much everyone Baylor fans are like, when does basketball start? Because <laughs> like we're losing. It's like, can we go to some winning games? Can yeah. we kind of dominate? And so that's what everyone's kind of looking forward to is like, plus we got a new arena opening. So there's some excitement oh, yeah. around that. So, so yeah, so we're, everyone's excited about basketball for sure. Especially yeah. with the, uh, try to get the, the bad taste of football out of your mouth. Yeah, I'm sure we're, uh, trust me, a lot of our fan base is starting to uh, flip sides there. Um, but we'll still have, we'll still have Colorado and UCF to beat up on. So that'd be Yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we're in a really interesting position because you have two teams on the gridiron. Again, looking forward to this week, look very similar on paper as far as results have gone. Um, and, and they're both trying to course correct. And I think, you know, for us going forward, for both sides, I think whoever comes out of this game is definitely going to feel a little bit better about their season, but it probably won't feel as good as they want it to. <laughs> I would feel, I think Cincinnati should feel better or at least not as bad as Baylor because, yeah. <laughs> like you talked about, you're talking about a first year head coach, completely different roster, coming off of like very successful years with, with Luke Fickle. And Baylor's in a different mindset you're talking about this is a year four of a coaching that's true so like it's you can i can explain away cincinnati losing this that's fair there's a lot of there's a lot of things that changed over the offseason it's kind of hard to explain baylor losing yeah considering where they're coming from (laughs) that's that's a fair point too and i think you know when you really put it all into perspective like you said if you're if you're that late into your tenure you do expect results um, and especially if you have a coach that's already kind of taken you to the point that was your goal to yeah. then start to see that sort of regression year after year, I think is going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, again, I think the curiosity is there. How do these teams perform? We all root for him. Like everyone loves yeah. David Randa as a person and from what we've seen of him and we want him to do well. It's just the results just haven't been there over the last two seasons. Yeah. And and I think, you know, this is an interesting point too for like Cincinnati in juxtaposition because we were so high on Luke Fickle. We were so high on that train for so long. And it's like, okay, now we've got all the pieces. And then we just get to add that little Big 12 logo right there on that chest. And we get to play all these much more exciting and fun games. Early adopters of the Big 12 logo, Cincinnati. (laughs) Quite, quite. (laughs) And, to have it all like ripped apart right in front of you and just, you know, he ends up on a plane to Wisconsin. It sucks because, you know, you hit that program reset button. And I think as much as we would love to say, like we all were expecting like, okay, this is going to be rough, but it's a reload. No, this is a reset, man. Like this is a hard reset. You have so many transfer portal players. You have a completely uprooted coaching staff. You have completely Mm -hmm. uprooted rooted staff below them too. And so all these pieces and parts are different. And so we're still trying to find our identity in the big 12, which I think is really difficult when it's just not going very well. And, and I think without some wins, when you just throw up loss after loss, after loss, it's hard to kind of say like, well, this is our sticking point. We're still, you know, this is still our bellwether mark. Um, It's tough. And and so I think that that's going to continue to be, uh, continue to be the case until somebody turns it around here. So Cincinnati or Baylor, I got to ask you, what's your pick this week and biased or unbiased? I don't care. It's very hard because give me a pick and a score. Okay. So I'm actually going to say Baylor wins, but it's like, it's not going to be pretty. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm it'll be like 17, 13, something like that. It'll be just from what I've seen, what I saw last week from Cincinnati. Yeah. And what I've seen all year from Baylor just doesn't look, especially on the offensive side of the ball, doesn't look great. Okay. I'm gonna have to uh Unfortunately, I'm going to agree with you, and this will be the first time that I've done this this season in not picking the Bearcats, but I'm hoping that that will be the magic juice that turns things around. Uh, Probably not. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say it's probably going to be Baylor in this one. Just considering where things are at, I don't think enough has turned around quite yet, and I don't see why it's going to this week either. Um, I'd have to go... 28-24 28-24 Baylor. I the, think it's going to be a tight game, but I don't think the Bearcats are going to have enough to get I, it oh, done. I think I, I picked a too low score. I like your score better because now I'm thinking about it. Like, Iowa State's offense is putrid, and they put 30 <laughs> on Cincinnati defense. So you're probably right. There's probably more scoring than what I alluded to. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. We've we've got uh, we've got some things to figure out here, but, yeah. you know, that's kind of the situation. So, Consensus here is Baylor's winning this game. Hopefully, we're both wrong. If we're here first, yeah, heard it first, folks. <laughs> yeah, heard it here first. All right, last question for you, and we'll send you off on your way. Do you believe that Dr. Pepper should have variety flavors, or should the original be good enough for everybody? I'm so glad you asked this question. <laughs> As another thing you want to know about Baylor, we have a tradition of like we have Dr. Pepper float hour at Baylor. On Tuesdays at four o'clock, you go to the with the president. Like, mm-hmm. so Dr. Pepper invented in Waco, Texas. Um, absolutely not. Should they have variety flavors? You should have <laughs> original Dr. Pepper and like diet Dr. Pepper, maybe like that new, like no, zero, whatever it's called, Dr. Yeah. Pepper Zero. But miss me with cherry Dr. Pepper, or I could probably be talked into vanilla. I, I, I do like a vanilla Dr. Pepper from Sonic, not gonna lie. Sonic is great, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, cream soda, all that stuff. You can miss me with that. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I, I have a secondary follow-up on that only because I've heard about this and I just need you to confirm or okay. tell me a little more detail. I hope, I hope I know where you're going with this question. What is bear piss? Is it bear piss or is it bear juice or what is, what is, what is the drink? that I'm hearing of. It's like a, it's like a brown jungle juice. I'll be honest with you. I've never heard of that in my life. And I thought it was a Baylor thing. Maybe it's not. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this more and I'm going to send it your way and we'll see if we can figure it out. But from what I've heard, maybe I'm here, maybe I'm placing the wrong school on this, but I thought okay. it was Baylor. And I thought it was like a brown, like jungle juice that they just dump Dr. Pepper into to make brown. But I've never heard of that. Um, but I'm willing to try anything once. Hmm. Let's see. I, Hmm. Oh, well, okay. I'm not finding anything, but maybe I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Figure it out. Let me out. know. Cause I want to know what know. it is. I, I swear. I, I don't know where I saw it, but it was in the back of my head and I had to ask. So Matt, Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, it's a pleasure having you on. It's so nice to be introduced to some of our other 1012 network friends, Absolutely. as well as uh, some of our new friends in the Big 12. So again, thank you for coming on, man. Hopefully this is going to be a fun game this week for both sides and we get a good one. And it's not just some ugly brawl where both teams look like they yeah. should lose and somebody just happens to win. Yeah. But Get your Disney Plus uh, or no, ESPN Plus subscription. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an ESPN plus type of game. Yeah. These are two and four teams. It's to let you know how Baylor season going, we got back to back ESPN plus is coming our way. So we're having a great year. Hey, uh, we're right there with you now. So okay. uh, again, it's a pleasure having you on, man. Thanks for uh, having me. Hopefully we can talk again soon. And Absolutely. like you said, I'll, uh, I'll send that drink your way. If I can find it, <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious now that you mentioned it. (laughs) All right. Take it easy, man. Uh, Go Bearcats. Go Bears. Go 1012. Sports Social Podcast Network.